I don't know what it was about that, but it just changed my life because I said the audacity that one man had to say, I'm going to build an island. Are you looking to create more money, more options, and more fun? Hi, I'm Chris McCarron, and each week my guests and I will share our experiences with real estate investing and do our best to help empower you to start creating wealth yourself. Welcome to Women Creating Wealth. If you're ready to get started, visit womencreatingwealth.net. For now, let's jump into today's episode. Hey, welcome back to Women Creating Wealth. We have a real treat for you today because instead of listening to me just telling you some kind of crap about my life, we have an actual real estate professional with us, Makita Smith. She is, in addition to being a savvy chicken real estate, she is the, the CEO and founder of Savvy Chicago in real estate. And she is a real estate investor, a real estate, a person who helps real estate agents to like grow their business. Makita, thank you for being with us today. I know a lot of your background is going to come out as we talk. So rather than me, I just said I wasn't going to talk too much. So now it's your turn. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, thank you. First of all, Christine, for having me on. I really, really appreciate being on your podcast today and just being in front of your audience and having the opportunity. My name is Makita Smith. I am the CEO and founder of Savvy Chicks and Real Estate, which was founded in 2017. And it was after it was birthed after I had a whole bunch of agents that was looking at me trying to see how I was being successful on social media. And they wanted to um, have me to help them to do that. So rather than them just being in my inbox, taking up all the time from <laughs> working with buyers and sellers, I decided to create a business out of it. And it's been amazing. And it's had exponential growth since 2017. And I'm just proud of what we've been able to build together as a community. Excellent. Oh, that's fantastic. So one of the things that we were talking about before we started was the fact that you're getting back into real estate investing. Tell me about when you first started investing in real estate. So let me rewind a little bit back before that, when we invested in 2008, because everybody knows what happened in 2008, you know, yep. and I should have seen the writing on the wall, but I didn't see it. So before you're not alone in that. Right. So before that, I was a REO broker. And so what that means is real estate owned. So I sold foreclosures on behalf of banks like Freddie Mac, Fannie Mae, um, Chase, Bank of America, et cetera. And so I'm thinking, you know, I'm in this game. Like I know what to look for and define the properties. So my husband and I, we found a cute little bungalow on the west side of Chicago. We purchased that for about um, 200, I think, and $1,000. But when we looked at how much money that we had to put into it, it was about 20, 25,000. And then after that, we were going to flip it for $330,000. Well, as soon as we started working on the property, renovating it, of course, things just start falling apart. You know, you start going in, taking down drywall, stinging. then we found out we needed a whole entire roof. So that added on an additional $7,500 in expenses in doing the actual roof. And then we had other things that began to come up like plumbing issues and things like that. And so for me and my husband, we just found ourselves out of money that we did not calculate for. And as much as I was advising investors on making sure that you have like a, a rainy day fund you when it comes to investing, we didn't have that ourselves. <laughs> and we were banking on the fact that we were going to make over a hundred thousand in profit, but it didn't happen. 
And that's why when people say that real estate is a risk, it actually is a risk and it's what you put into it, but you also have to strategically plan for it. And so what ended up happening, we put it on the market for over 300,000, but of course it just sat there because things began to fall apart and then there was a drastic drop. So what we were looking at at 330,000 in terms of the value, that value actually fell to $60,000. Oh my God. Yes. Wow. Ouch. We ended up, and because we could not sell it, we ended up putting um, my mom and my sister in there and they rented it for a little while. And then we put, you know, renter after renter in so that we can kind of like, we weren't going to be able to recoup the money that we had put in, but at least try to break even on it. And so eventually, like a year later, there was a program that came out um, that was allowing you to be able to sell for a short sale, but then Citibank, which we had at that time, they actually forgave our loan. So instead of that loan being on our credit, once we sold it as a short sale, they actually forgave it. And so um, we were able to get that off of our credit. So we didn't have um, the sting of that. But what I would say as lessons when it comes to investing, especially at that time, make sure that you are looking at market trends. So that you can kind of like see a projection of what is to come rather than looking at the then and now. Yeah, absolutely. And actually just not to like hijack this, but I do mm-hmm. have, a there's a, um, there's some stuff in, in my book and in, in um, my online course that tells you how to do that, how to look okay. at market trends, how to see what's happening. Cause you might know your local area, but if you want to invest outside your local area, then you, you do have to understand how to do that. And if you're not a real estate agent, you can't get on the local MLS, mm-hmm. you know, there's still some ways that you can go about that. But, and actually um, talking about, all right. So anyway, sorry, fast forward to today or mm-hmm. fast forward to how you said, okay, that was a really horrible freaking experience. Mm-hmm. Now, how did you come to a mindset where you were willing to actually think about doing it again? I think because, um, I see the value, like I see the value, not just for myself, but also for my clients. And then as I began to like coach other uh, real estate professionals and then just women in business in general, I just began to see what it was that they were doing, investing in like commercial real estate, residential real estate, and just doing it the right way. And so like um, for me and my husband, what and this happened magically. So I'm going to tell everybody this story. I was working um, downstairs in my office and my husband just happened to come on a Friday and say, do you want to drive to Tennessee? And I was like, <laughs> what? He was like- Random. Well, tell we people where you are physically. So we're in Chicago. So that's a nine hour drive for us to drive to Tennessee. And so I was like, well, what are we going to Tennessee for? And so he was like, they had this um, land auction that I would love to go to. And, you know, of course, they draw you with the cheapest price of the land. So when you go, you're going to spend more money. But they get you down there um, (laughs) just promising that, you know, as low as. And I forgot what the dollar amount was, but I was like, okay, let's go. And the reason why I was able to do that, Christine, is because um, I had made a pact when I started Savage Chicks in Real Estate is that. I wanted to create a lifestyle to where it was a laptop lifestyle. So if I wanted to pick up and go to Georgia or Florida or whatever, um, we seen an opportunity, we can just pick up, you know, and go because I had planned on at that time, 
um, moving to Georgia. And I said, well, in order for me to have an audience there, I have to build my network nationally. And what happened with that? I began to grow it internationally. And so we went down to Tennessee and by the Saturday, that was Friday. By Saturday, we were under contract. <laughs> <laughs> we were under contract for over an acre of land. And um, I'm th- it's, I think it's in Dale Hollow, Dale Hollow Point um, in Tennessee. It's maybe an hour from Memphis, an hour from Nashville. And so it's in like kind of like a rural area, but it is a resort-like area to where there's a clubhouse, there's a lake. And then it also has um, a, on the side of the lake, you can paddle boat, you can rent a boat, you can do all these things on the water. What ended up happening is that my husband, uh, when we purchased the land in Tennessee, he wanted to actually live in the property. And I was like, no, these ladies are saying that they will rent out our property, they would host retreats there. And the uh, person who was showing us as a salesperson, the area, he was also telling us that there were a lot of people that were um, owners there that would rent, you know, for a, a, a certain period of time, but then they would also live there for a certain period of time, but it stayed booked and busy. And I was like, we would miss out on an opportunity for us to be able to have passive income by us just living that we already have a house. <laughs> like, <Right. laughs> let's go ahead and use this as an opportunity, especially with all of the amenities that were on the actual land. And so it wasn't a strategic move that we had to like, oh, and this year we're going to start investing again. It was the spur of the moment. My husband got an email saying that there was a land auction. He came down. He was like, let's go. We hopped in a car, drove for nine hours. And within 24 hours, we were under contract. (laughs) But sometimes that's better because you don't have time to overthink it and talk yourself Mm -hmm. out of it, right? You can just be like, yes, let's do it. Hey, okay, just go with the flow. I think it's great. (laughs) Yes, this this is true. And so I was able to just grab my laptop, work on the road. We went down, I think we came back on Sunday or Monday. And so every now and then we'll drive just to go and check on the land to make sure that it's being maintained so that we don't get any fines or any fees that are associated with owning the land there. But now we're actually looking for um, a builder. And it was much harder than what my husband and I thought that it would be because not everybody builds in this particular county um, in Tennessee. And so we're just looking and then thinking about the design that we want because getting and looking at like the building um, specs, the permits um, for the city, they were saying that it could not be over 2,500 square feet. So when you think about having a um, a retreat or trying to do something short-term rental, people are going to want to have at least three bedrooms or more. So trying to figure out like, how are we going to best utilize the space if we can only build 2,500 square feet? And so what would that look like? And so that that's what our dilemma is right now, like trying to figure it out so that it makes sense for the actual short-term rental. Yeah. Well, you wouldn't need such big bedrooms, right? Because people aren't mm-hmm. going to have tons of clothes and, and stuff like that. So maybe you could have some smaller bedrooms and then the, con- you know, a big living room or big, bigger common area, kitchen, living room combo or something. That is true because that's where they're going to gather the most. Right. And I know when I go on a retreat, I, who spends a lot of time in the room? Like we spend a lot of time out doing activities and mixing and mingling with the community that is there as well. Yeah. And the other thing you do actually is you can make it like, so two bedrooms, you know, then people could get to know each other better because they're sharing a, a room. 
-hmm. Not everybody likes that model, but it might be easier with permitting, you know? Right, right. And so what you just said, Christine, is the exact reason why people need to have someone that is experienced in real estate investing is because it helps you to avoid the mistakes um, that, you know, you have already gone through that I have already gone through and to help them to excel at what it is that they're doing by taking the advice of somebody who has been there and done that. When, um, my husband and I, we recently went to Bali, um, we had a tour guide. And so somebody, you know, that was our first time touching down in that, that country. And I was like, let's call somebody else because I didn't want to waste time trying to figure it out. I didn't want to waste time getting lost. And so we had somebody to guide us around the island for 10 hours in one day. And my husband was like, I think that that was great because it saved us time. It saved us money. And so for real estate investing, when you have a mentor or somebody that has gone before you, it just helps save time and money and expedite your process. Absolutely, right? You (laughs) could make all the mistakes yourself. Sure, absolutely, right? We can Mm -hmm. all... You know, if we live long enough, we can make every mistake we want to make, but why waste all that time? (laughs) Why not just pay somebody to benefit from their mistakes? And then you can just avoid making them on your own. Like you say, sure, you could have got lost driving around the island and end up in some part of the island where there's poisonous snakes or something. I mean, you don't know. The language bearer too. (laughs) Right. Oh, true. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. So what, what brought you to Bali? What caused you to go to Bali? same way that my husband came downstairs and he was like let's go to Tennessee I was just surfing the internet and I don't something just came up was like oh you can get a villa for like less than five hundred dollars I was like that was for six nights so I was like I I opened it up I looked at it and it was true like you can get a villa in Bali for less than five hundred dollars and so I found the villa I think we paid about four hundred and thirteen dollars to stay six nights at a private villa with a private pool that overlooked the jungle. Unbelievable. Wow. No. And so I read the reviews (laughs) because, you know, looks can be deceiving because I remember (laughs) going to Wisconsin Dales and looks were deceiving. And so (laughs) I um, read the reviews and they were just talking about how nice the staff was, how they had breakfast in the pool. And I was like, okay, I'm booking this. And so what ended up happening was um, after I booked, I went to look at flights. Flights were expensive. I was like, <laughs> oh, this is where you spend all your money. Yeah. So, so the flight started at like $1,300. And so we ended up um, uh, finding the flight. It took us two days to get there. And I was like, okay, if it's going to take us two days to get here, then we're going to enjoy ourselves and have fun while we're over here so it kind of like happened like Tennessee you know it just it just happened and then when you think about like you said that's um how sometimes things just happen at the spur of the moment it was a spur of the moment decision because back in October my husband and I we went on a retreat to Dubai because I had a um, international speaking engagement and so that trip to Dubai changed my life (laughs) like it just changed my life from an entrepreneur uh, perspective. And the reason being is because I never been to Dubai. I never been on a 14 hour flight. That was the longest I had ever been on a flight until I went to Bali. (laughs) And when I touched down, it was like, I'm in another country, 14 hours away from the U S. 
And then when we went to the desert, I'm like, I'm in the desert. Like I, and one of the other things that we did was really crazy in Dubai. We had dinner in the sky. Wow. So we had, that was the first time I had ever had dinner in the sky. And so it, every time you try something for the first time, it emboldens you and it makes you more willing to try new things. And so the other thing that happened when I was in Dubai is that, you know, they had this man-made island called the Palm. And so when my husband and I, we went up to like the top floor to go and look at um, what the Palm looked like. And I was like, wow. And then when they were showing us the rich history of how it came about and how one man had a vision to say, I'm going to build a man-made island. I don't know what it was about that, but it just changed my life. Because I said the audacity that one man had to say, I'm going to build an island. Like I'm going to create. In the middle of the desert. Yes. (laughs) And when I seen how he was able to do it, he gathered all of these people um, because people were saying that he couldn't do it. And he was like, okay, well, I'm going to show you how I'm going to do it. And it wasn't that he had the skill set to do everything to build the island, but he assembled a team that had the expertise in order to carry out the vision that he had in his head. And so when I seen how they took a ship, I don't know what kind of ship it was, but they was actually extracting sand from the bottom of the sea and shooting it up to create the actual land. And now today, billion dollar hotels, real estate sits on this land. And I said, okay, there is nothing that I cannot do in this upcoming season if this man created a whole island. <laughs> but when you went to Bali, did you at that time intend to invest there? No, or did that happen but, after? but I would have to say, because, you know, I have the conference every single year and last year was the first year that someone um, had mentioned about being a hotel owner as a minority black woman. And I was like, own a hotel. Like I grew up on the West side of Chicago. I never even thought about owning a hotel until this lady got a hotel with her and her friends. And since last year, she has acquired three more hotels. So she owns a total of four hotels now. And so um, now every time I go to, whether it's local or if it's international, I'm looking at real estate. And so my husband and I knew that we wanted to see real estate. We didn't know if we would have enough time. But then when we did go and see real estate, it was very intriguing because the prices weren't as high. They wasn't as low as I thought that it would be as well, but it depends on what area, like, you know, anything is always the location. And so there was a villa that we took a look at um, that we were able to get with another licensed agent um, in that area. And she showed us a two-bedroom villa and a three-bedroom villa. Christine, what blew me away is the fact that there's open walls. <laughs> I was like, what, why is the wall open? Like water can come in. And she was like, no, you can, you can have a, a, a wall here if you want, but it's typically just open. So of course it's the pool there, but then this open space. I said, so if it rains, what happens? And she was like, well, it just rains. But the floor... <laughs> Um, that they have, you know, it's waterproof, like it sustains, it takes in water because you're in like a tropical environment. 
And so me coming from Chicago and coming from the States, like we don't have properties that just have open walls. Well, because it's 13 degrees (laughs) Fahrenheit sometimes or zero degrees Fahrenheit, right? (laughs) And so my husband was like, they are really counting on the fact that this weather is going to remain stable, that they will build a property with like open walls. And so um, they were as low as 199, uh, so 199 US dollars. And when my husband and I, we were looking at like, okay, if this is 199, what about any resales? Like, what does that look like? And so we began to find properties that were cheaper than the actual 199. So my husband and I, we're actually going back in February so that we can look at more real estate after doing our research um, before we get there, because we do want to make a purchase um, within the first quarter of next year. And so the same thing, um, we didn't know what we were going to walk into, but the moment that you get in there and you actually see it with your eyes, we actually went across um, the street to another property that an owner owned that did not live in the area. They were a foreigner but they were renting it out for $250 per night as a short-term rental. And they were like, well, you can go in and look. And there was a family that was visiting there from another country. And they allowed us to come in and look. The place was gorgeous. It was immaculate. And I was like, they're getting $250 per night. And so for me, I'm just looking at the investment. I'm looking in, like expanding my mindset to look outside of the U.S. and say, okay, where is tourism? Like, where are people flocking to? So Dubai is a good area. Um, Bali is a good area. So tourism is up. It took us three hours just to get through customs and their immigration. We had to get a visa for 30 days. So if you're going over to Bali, you do have to get a visa for 30 days in order to stay in the country. And past that, unless you get an extension, you have to leave the country. So Um, that's another thing that we were looking at. And then what I'm learning as I'm doing my travel is that how we own property in the U.S. is not how you own property internationally in these other countries. In Dubai, I learned that if you bought something on that island, that man-made island, you own it for 90 years. And I was like, what? Like there's a (laughs) timestamp on how long you can own property. And so it's 90 years. When we went to Bali, because we had went to Dubai, Um, I was familiar with, okay, how you buy as a foreigner versus if you were an actual citizen of that country, it's different. And so if you are a foreigner buying in Bali, you are on a leasehold. So you don't actually own the land. You can own the property, but you don't own the land. And so you're actually leaseholding from that landowner, the actual real estate property. So I was like, you know, all of it's blowing my mind because I'm like an educator, I love to learn and love to research. So right now I'm researching more about their real estate market and what tourism looks like. What are people getting for their short-term rentals in addition to the one that she did show me so that we have like a full picture and a scope of what we're getting into. And Mm -hmm. the other thing that she said was that you, if you were going to buy as a foreigner that you can own a business there and be able to buy um, property in that particular area and have it for, I think the leaseholds were like 24 years. You can get an extension up to like 70 years, but it's more research that I want to do before I actually pour money into it. And we'll be back um, in February. 
Yeah. When I lived in London, they had that, you know, a lot of the land in downtown London is, is owned by the crown. So you're leasing it. It's a 99 year lease, but if the property's already, if the lease maybe got into effect, like say there's already a building there. So that owner had a lease. So there might be 12 years left on the lease. It might be 50 years left mm -hmm. on the lease, but you can't buy that land no matter what. And I mean, in theory, they could just say, well, we're taking the land back. We're not going to renew your lease. And that would be the mm -hmm. end of it. You would have built a beautiful building on someone else's property, right? Right. And so that is one of the things that you have to make sure that you are mindful of, because is it going to be something that is lucrative for you in the long term? Does it make sense to actually do it? Because buying land or buying property in these foreign countries like it's not the same as the U.S. And you right. have to make sure you do your homework or you can end up like we did when we bought our house, you know, in 2008 and lose a lot of money. Yeah, definitely. So tell me about what's happening in the Dominican Republic now with you. Oh, yes. And I was just getting ready to say, so I do want to um, just reiterate that when you are buying land in foreign countries and we're adding in the mix uh, of DR to it, is that you want to get with people that are already established in the land. A lot of times, and even coming over here in the U.S., you know, people want to try to go at it alone. Where this is a foreign country, you don't know all the rules and regulations. You don't know their laws that are different from the U.S. You want to make sure that you get with someone over there that's already established that can be able to walk you through the processes we just talked about with having like a mentor when it comes to real estate. And so for me in the DR, I had a client um, this year. This year has bought a lot of firsts. I had a client and I was, she has a, she's a realtor in California. She also has a brokerage in Georgia. And she was like, well, I'm licensed in the DR. And I was like, are you DR, Dominic Republic? Like you're licensed there. How is that possible? And then she began to tell me how, well, it's not as extraneous as it is in the U.S. You don't have to take any tests. You pay a fee <laughs> and you join a brokerage and you become licensed in a DR. And I was like, it's just as simple as that. And so when she told me, I was like, okay, let me do a little bit more research. So I did drag my feet on it because it was the first time that I had heard about it. But um, this year in September, I actually went ahead and paid um, my fee to join the Keller Williams Punta Cana office. And the certification that I paid was like $199. I paid that like a, early on in the year. But of, of course, I was still dragging my feet because, you know, when you're unfamiliar with certain things, you kind of like want to take your time putting your toe in before you just jump all the way in. And so what ended up happening at our conference, I had the same um, client at the conference as a speaker. And when she was speaking and I was telling the ladies that, you know, real estate is a global business and we've made it local, but it really is a global business. And I was telling them about her and getting licensed in a DR. I had one agent from the conference that went and got licensed. Her name is Kim McBride. She's licensed in, in Maryland. Do you know this girl within six months has sold over 10 properties in Punta Cana? What? That's what I said. <laughs> said and so I'm gonna have her as a speaker at our conference next year because I said I need you to come and tell the ladies how you were able to hit the ground running in Punta Cana and also be a top producer in Maryland in your market and and one thing that I noticed that she did is that 
when she got licensed, she started having these informational webinars. So informational sessions saying, let me show you how to invest in a DR. Um, join me, you know, this night, I'm going to go over everything and answer all of your questions. She took them through like getting the financing or whatever. And I was, I was just, you know, blown away. And so she actually re-motivated re me to go ahead and join the, the actual brokerage. And so now I'm going through the Keller Williams training um, so that I can learn more about how to operate and how to move. And in January, I'm actually going to fly there so I can go on a property tour myself with some of the agents that are already there so I can learn the ropes so that I can um, better tell investors like how to invest in the areas. So if you have something that you can buy um, a condo for less than 100,000 in DR, if you know that that is a tourist area, it's something that you want to look at and see whether or not it makes sense for you financially in order to be able to have something there. And I have another client who has property in uh, Puerto Rico. And she was telling me that all of their contracts are in Spanish. So she has to have someone to interpret the contract for her. And then she has property managers that are set up in Puerto Rico to manage the property. So a lot of times we think, well, well, what am I I'm going to do? Because this is the pushback that I get. Well, what am I going to do? Fly there over and over and the one thing that uh, Sharice, who was the lady who introduced me to the opportunity in DR, she was like, Makita, you only need boots on the ground. And so from, to be your there, <laughs> <laughs> from there, I was like, oh my God, you are so right. You only need to have a community, a connection, a team, or somebody who is going to be your boots on the ground to show properties to fill in when you're not there, because I'm not saying not to go there, go there. And when you uh, are not there, you have boots on the ground for somebody to be able to help your clients to show them properties as well. So you don't have to be present, especially with all of the technology um, that we have. Right. And also, I mean, it's going to be the same when you build your property in Tennessee, right? You're not going to fly to Tennessee every time somebody has a clogged yes. toilet. I mean, you, just That's need, so good. you need support, right? It doesn't matter where it is. Yeah. So. And just like the property uh, management companies that we utilize in US, if we have properties across the country, you can use property managers that are also located um, in these other countries as well. And sure. that's why it was important for me, even when we went to Bali, we went to Dubai and connected with a real estate agent there. Um, I wanted to make sure that I'm building relationships Right. with people and so like even with our guide um that was there with her and her husband they own a, a a guide tour company she was just thanking us we connected on instagram and so now i i asked her i said okay my husband and i are coming back in february where do you recommend that we stay like when it comes to real estate what areas do you think that you know we should look at based on what you know because she's a local there and right. so it's all about how can you connect with people that are already established in the area? Those are your boots on the ground. Real estate is a relationship business and not just a relationship in people that are national, but international waters as well. Yeah, excellent. Great point. Yes. Super. <laughs> so Makita, you got me all excited because the other thing, like, I mean, when you think about it, right? You want to have real estate in a place you want to visit. 
So, and then it's a write-off. Oh, I had to go check on my property in DR for a week. You know, I mean, I can't just, yes. you know, I had to go meet with my people, uh, my team over there, whatever. And, and then, you know, you've got one here, you got one there and, and it's fun. It's fun. It's like and quality you of life, right? at, you know, the places and the villas and all of that stuff. So you are able to tell the investor, you know, what it's like to be able to live and experience um, in the property. So right. No, you're absolutely right. So I can't <laughs> wait uh, to go and explore the island myself before we even go for our conference um, in June of next year. So I can't wait. So tell me about the conference. So the conference, um, License and Unbothered, Savage Chicks in Real Estate, starting in 2019, we were established in 2017. But in 2019, I wanted to have a conference for real estate agents that focus in on us being a community and then teaching us how to do business together as a whole, rather than continue to be competitors with one another. And so in 2019, my first conference, we sold out about 65 people. The following year, 2020, of course, it was a pandemic. So we went virtual. People were saying, well, you're not going to be able to do the same thing virtually. But we did it. We charged for it. We even had VIP where we sent swag bags to people's houses. We mailed it. So nice. they loved that. And then in 2021, we had over 200 people descend upon Chicago and we had it at the Hyatt Lodge. And then I said, okay, well, let's go downtown. So this year was our fourth year um, conference that we had. And we were downtown Chicago for the first time. Of course, that was the most expensive <laughs> conference to date because I was like, who told me to go downtown Chicago? <laughs> So now one of our members last year, she was like, Makita, I don't want you to think about it right now, but for your fifth year anniversary, what about going to a destination? And I was like, what do you mean? She's like, go to Island. And I said, okay, I'll think about it. And the opportunity, it, it just all worked out. Like it was all orchestrated. And so me getting licensed in a DR, me having this client that was already licensed in a DR, it just made sense to have the conference there. And then um, for me, looking at having it in a DR, I said, how can I bring these same opportunities to these ladies? We have been doing these conferences for four years. I want this particular conference to be our implementation conference. Because you go to a lot of conferences and it makes you feel good, you're motivated, you inspired, but I was like, I want to have 12 workshops in each one of these workshops from business funding to real estate investing, building a global brand. I want people to be able to be in these workshops and actually getting things done. So they will be able to apply for funding, be able to apply for business credit, to be able to get their business trademark so that um, their brand is protected. And yeah. we're also going on a real estate property tour. And so we're going to look at the beachfront properties, the hotel resorts, and see what opportunities are available, not only for the ladies to invest, but also to expand the mindset. Right. Because when I went to Dubai and I seen that, that man-made island, it expanded my mindset to think about, okay, Makita, what can you create? So when I was looking at uh, Sheikh Mohammed and how he had this vision to create the man-made island, I was thinking, okay, that expanded my mindset because one of the things that was on the video when I was watching this, we were going on a tour, it said that he thought to himself, how can I make Dubai the number one destination in the world 
that people want to come here. Because when you look at their skyline, I told my husband, I said, this looked like something out of Gotham City. It looks like something out of Batman movie. And so I said, how can I make Savvy Chicks in Real Estate the number one marketing agency, business consulting for real estate agents, real estate investors, that's real estate professionals in general. And so now I'm looking at, and we just switched this up to where we changed our whole membership to a mentorship program and it's global. So now I'm looking at how can I take Savvy Chicks in Real Estate all over the world and then bring all of our real estate agents that are in Africa, that is in Dubai, that's in Indonesia and bring us together in one community to where we support each other. And we have an international real estate database, not just for real estate agents, but brokers, commercial um, brokers, real estate investors, our real estate lenders as well, because we don't want to leave them out of the mix. But people have been very, very receptive to it. But had I not had that first trip to Dubai, I would not have expanded my vision going into 2023 wanting to build an international real estate community. Awesome. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Makita, I don't know how this happened, but we are bumping up against our time here. I okay. can't, it's just like flown by. I love talking with you and Me hearing too. all these exciting things that you're doing and exploring. Um, is there anything that you wish I would have asked you that we haven't touched on yet? And also I want you to tell people how they can get in touch with you, especially if they want to go um, to the uh, conference. No, I just think that um, the one thing that I want to leave people with is that whatever it is that you're thinking that you're going to do going into 2023, I want you to think, how can I make it even bigger? How can I even make a greater impact in whatever it was that you were thinking? Who do you need to connect with? Who do you need to be around in order to be inspired, to be motivated? I know that in this time, uh, in this holiday season, uh, people experience you know, grief, loss, and not having certain loved ones to be with them. But I want you to think about who do you want to be surrounded by? So that is, as we go to through 2023, because as I said on my page the other day, 2022 was a very hard year for me. But then in this last quarter, I felt like I got my strength back. Like I got my inspiration back, but it was because I got from outside of my environment. So in 2023, I want you to get outside of your environment and go out and explore the world. There is so much going on out here um, that it's not just about our local areas, but who is it that needs what we have to give? And everybody individual has something that they can contribute. What is that thing that you're going to contribute to our world, not just local area, but to our world that you have to give, that only God has given you. So that's what I would want to leave the people with. And if you want to connect with me, my personal um, page is Makita Smith CEO on Facebook and Instagram. And then of course, Savvy Chicks and Real Estate everywhere. You can find me. Excellent. And we'll put all those links in the show notes. Makita, thank you so much for being with us today. I love all that you've shared. And I think I want to uh, go to the DR and explore real estate with you. Yes, let's go. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. And thank you, listener, for listening. This is our, I'm trying to think, this episode is going to air after Christmas. So happy new year. Have a fantastic 2023. You have time to make an intention to make this the absolute best year yet, not ever 
But so far, and I hope you'll do that, like take some time, write down some goals, write down some dreams and visions and like go international with your with your thoughts and your everything. Just blow yourself right out of the water. And then join us next year for all kinds of great tips to have more money, more options and more fun. Have a good one. Thanks for tuning into this week's episode of Women Creating Wealth. For more info, be sure to check out womencreatingwealth.net. If you're enjoying the podcast, please follow us on your favorite podcast platform and consider sharing the wealth with someone else who might enjoy it. See you next week.